Welcome back to System Minutes Trivia. This is Brent. I'm Peyton. And with us, we have... Better Jathan. <laughs> Forge. We also have, Forge. We have Forge, right. Jathan, in case you couldn't figure it out, could not be with us tonight, so we invited Forge to be he's back on the wuss. show. He, but I wouldn't say we're missing him, Bobs. Well, <laughs> That's sure. true. So... Forge has definitely been on the show for, what, two shit shows now? At least, yeah. I think, two shit I can't shows. remember if it was three or four total appearances. I know. Two shit shows, because I'm, I, there ain't no shit show party, like a shit show party where I show the fuck up. Right, that's, that's true. You definitely well, make it actually, it's, it's better when, it, when it's you and Taters, I just have to say, you know. Oh, well then it's the shitty shit show. Well, I don't, I don't think the Taters has ever show. joined us for a shit show. Really? Though. No. We gotta get him in. I thought he popped in and out. You might, maybe. Oh, maybe. I think you're right. I you're thought right. he was one of those guys that just showed up, popped into the mumble, talked some crap, and then left. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yup. We're gonna have to see if we can get him on too at some point. But so, anyways, yes. so we have Forge with us today. We are basic. We had a hard time coming up with a topic, and I didn't even update the wiki, unfortunately. And now I forget what we said we were gonna talk about. What that's, what topic we decided there on? Were a couple things. A thing and a place. Well, we were, we're going to talk about who loves AIX. That's AI. right, yes. AIX. Right. So we're going to be talking about AIX, but you know, before. But don't we... let that put you off. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, <laughs> we'll get to that. But before we get into that, are y'all drinking anything? I just had some water. Mm -hmm. I'm not drinking anything. Okay. Apparently, it's me because I have. I'm out of chai, but I'm also drinking water and. Jefferson's. So that's got to keep the average up. Well, yeah, basically that's Jefferson's <laughs> bourbon. It's it's pretty decent whiskey. So that's what I have going on on my end. Usually, I'm the only one not drinking, and now I'm the only one that is. So that's a weird experience. It, it is kind of it is kind of weird, but at the same time, like you know, not really weird. I have a feeling this is just going to be a weird episode all around, though. Well, we but yeah, that we can have... be a good thing. You got to embrace the weird. Right. We have four Johns. Cultivate so, your yeah. inner <laughs> freak. Be fucking nuts, dude. We have right. We have Forge. Substitute Jathan. Sorry, Jathan. Better Jathan. <laughs> better, better Jathan. <laughs> Are you saying you Jathan better than Jathan does? Oh, God, I am right. I'd say so. <laughs> I don't. I don't know about that, man. I mean, that's. I don't know if that's. I mean, Jathan. Jathan. Jathan's so poorly. I mean, there's constant <laughs> grouching and help, help. I'm stuck in the closet. And, and then he, that, and then he rages. He but rages that's what, so hard. But that's that, what J-thotting you know. is. It's true. So, do you want me to do that? I can. No, do that. please don't. Okay. So now, I'll throw a temper tantrum actually, about what I'm drinking, and then I'll, you, I'll throw my headset down and stomp out of the room and come back like. 10 you know what you later. need to do is you need a woo. You need a woo. We do Forge. need a wooer. You need a woo right now. Woo. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was, I was all wound, I was all wound up expecting like a really loud, long Come on, woo. You got, but... you got a woo, man. You got to give us the woo. It's, it's so far outside my wheelhouse. I don't but normally. You can do woo. it. You can do I it. I mean, you've you seen me in it. person. I'm not the kind of person that can get away with. Are you wooing. really bringing back wheelhouse? Yes. It was gone. Yeah. We, we. The only time that word ever gets mentioned on this show is when you're on. I hope you know that. Wow. Well, that's okay. That's, that's I don't right. know if I'm flattered or not. <laughs> right. Okay. I, I say we just move on though, because I'm I'm excited to get to the topics. But before we do Ooh, that, we need to get to the news though. Oh yes, we do need to get right to the news. after we do the news. Yeah. Yes. I actually have a really interesting one. I don't know if I really want to go into all the details and everything because it's publicly disseminated. Mm -hmm. But you can ask Peyton. I had the coolest, longest odds story this spring. Now, is it is, is it relevant to the I, show? That I know. 
It's not really relevant to the show. <laughs> well, it could be. Okay. There is tech involved. <laughs> okay. It, 23andMe is a significant component. We do talk about them a lot on the show. Yeah. Let's do that after the news. Payton. All right. Oh, I might have already talked about this. What? Maybe. That I have a brother. I can't remember if you mentioned it or not. I do believe that. Well, I then did. clearly, but, if you yeah. brought it up, you didn't do a very good job because <laughs> it's a cool ass story. It's well, like the best we'll let story. you we'll let you tell it. Yeah, because it's better coming from you because you tell it better than I do. Also, it so, happened to right. him. But yeah, right, exactly. News yes. go. Right. Let's okay, do news it. Go. Right. News going. News going. Going. Give it. Woo! Come on. All right. So first thing we have is. John McAfee sent out a tweet saying that he is setting a 100k bounty for anyone that can hack his BitFi wallet. Now, BitFi is a company that you pay 120 bucks to, and they are professing to be unhackable. They are saying they have optimized utility, fortress-like security, and absolute ease of use. Now, so it's made out of rocks? Now, anyone who knows anything about security, ease of use means that the security is less, right? So, you know. And security means the ease of use is less. Right, exactly. So, What do you mean I have to do two-factor authentication whether I like it or not? Okay. So, it's a three-step process to set up. The first two steps are... Send McAfee money. Yeah, you you pay 120 bucks and you set up a dashboard and you link your accounts. Step zero is off by one error. The third step is to set up a secret (laughs) passphrase. Now, there's an algorithm that is open source that allows you to access your funds and calculate private keys. The private keys are stored only in your own brain. Mm. The top Reddit comment on this. Hey, Forge, can you remember an AES 256 bit key in your head? The first five or six characters. (laughs) Okay. Just making sure. So, and to answer your question, yes. So the top Reddit (laughs) comment says that you send them $170 and they send you a wallet with 50 Bitcoins and you have to hack it open. So it's like yeah. forgetting, the, forgetting the passphrase of your... Yeah. Five zero. Five zero. That's a lot. That it is an lot. astounding amount of money. I believe current going 50, rate is 8000 fi- for Bitcoin? It's $50 of Bitcoin. What? No, no, no. Wait, no. Bit, bit five coin, you mean? It's a $50 bit Bitcoin, whatever that is. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's, $50 it's not $50 worth of Bitcoins. Bitcoin. No. Oh. Okay. So right. it's that like, makes sense. It's like point zero 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 two Bitcoin. Something like right. that. Yeah. Something like that. So Just for reference, current price of Bitcoin I have here on coin, per Coinbase is $7,652.70 USD. That's of August 1st, 9.34 p.m. Eastern. Congratulations. Cool. Thank I was going to say eight grand, so I was pretty close. Yeah. So just it's about. supported by John McAfee. He's just a chair member. There's a, at Cyber Gibbons is doing work that's trying to break it. It's it supported like a, by McAfee, so it is right. strongly resistant to drunken Mexicans. <laughs> oh, wait, where is he hiding out these days? Costa Rica? Right. Maybe? Drunken Costa Rica. Well, it really sounds, I mean, it's a bunch of crap, you know? Yeah. Like, ease of use. Well, you, not... said, you said John McAfee. Right, exactly. Well, right. I think we were all in the neighborhood. Right. No, they're, right. they are in for a rude awakening, I think, and it's just a matter of time. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. people are, oh, a ton yeah. of people are hitting it pretty hard now. So. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. they gave the okay to hit their infrastructure as well. That's part of the attack. So, <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, we'll see how this turns out. You know. By the way, the bounty has been raised. I raised. I don't know if it's on the site yet or not. But per the Twitter thread, BitFi was or BitFi. However, however you say it. Well, it's not. It's not WeFi. It's Wi-Fi. So it's got to be totally Bitcoin. not a Bitcoin. Right. Dot org. Well, they're a maker of a so-called wallet. It's not even exactly a wallet, but whatever. So two things about that. One. It's not that it's key-based. 
the seed is in your brain, which is basically just a fancy way of saying password based. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. And two, but two. Yeah. Fuck, what was I going to say now? I don't know. Oh, right, right, right. About the, the bounty. Must have not the been bounty. Very no, good. no, no, no. It's great. It's the bounty. The two is huh. they've agreed to raise the bounty, and I don't know if this is on the site. I don't know if it's official, but it came from their Twitter account, so I'm assuming it is. McAfee retweeted it, so he's probably backing it. They've raised it from 100 grand to 250 grand. So I'm looking at the actual for hacking the unhackable BitFee wallet jumps from 100k to 250k. There you go. CSO nine hours ago. Wow. Yeah. Oh, researchers find tons of red flags Mm -hmm. in BitFee's unhackable cryptocurrency wallet. Unhackable, of course, is in quotes always in this context. Yeah. Yeah, nothing is unhackable. Nothing is completely penetrable. You put it on the internet, it's going to be exposed. We'll talk about that later. Sure. I have an unhackable Bitcoin wallet. It's because it's I deleted it after I was done using it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody got the secret so, key and passphrase for that one. Well, the next an algo weakness. But all right, so, all right. Sorry. The we're, next we're bit of it. news. The next bit of news we have is that this has been resolved, or has since been resolved, but there has been a there was a Steam voice chat exploit. Mm-hmm. Basically, essentially, what happened was is you could listen in on any conversation, regardless of actually being in a voice chat with someone. Whoopsie. This was posted to Reddit first instead of, like, to Steam or Valve or anybody like that. And they did post a link or a comment in the Reddit post saying, hey, could you guys, like, link us? They said if you could report it to Hacker One first instead of, you know, automatically putting on Reddit, that way they could they could fix it before, you know, letting the world know how to, you know, exploit this. That would be advisable. They didn't tell what the actual, like, resolution was. They just, yeah, it was just a... An exploit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next thing we have is that hackers stole $2.4 million from the National Bank of Blacksburg. They are currently suing their insurance provider because they are failing to fully cover the $2.4 million that was stolen by hackers or crackers over an eight-month period. The bank was subjected to a phishing scam, which installed malware on the victim's PC, and then okay. that allowed them to compromise a second PC, which had access to the Star Network, which handles debit card transactions. Oh, spectacular. Right. First, you got one idiot clicking, and then he sent an email to another idiot who also clicked. Right. Yeah, right. So using this second PC, they were able to alter and disable pens and anti-fraud protections and daily withdrawal limits, daily debit card uses limits, and fraud score protection. I want that kind of access. I want to take my transaction limits off. <laughs> yeah, right. Screw the yeah. rest of it. Yeah, yeah, right. The first breach was on Saturday, May 28, 2016, and continued through to Monday, which was a holiday. Mm. Oopsie. The bank hired four so genetics to invest. Yes. You're telling me banks can make transactions on Mondays? Or on holidays? Of course they can. I know. Well, I know. They just don't. I know. In this instance, yes. Yes, they could. That's, and that's oh. when, when the black hats are doing a better job of customer service than <laughs> the company. All right. Sorry. Right. Keep going, Ben. Wouldn't right. be hard. I know. Right, I know. Right, I know. Right. So uh, I, it's just well, since we're already off topic, yes. I just want to backpedal to the last item and say, yes, all three people that use Steam voice chat were deeply affected. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. All right. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So the bank hired Forgenix to investigate. Mm-hmm. This investigation prompted them to implement velocity rules. That's in quotes. I <laughs> don't really understand what velocity rules are. That, there's a, there's, yes. Is that just fucking rate limiting? What is that? <laughs> well, there's a link Probably. that you can click on here, but it's... So basically what it is is Velocity Checks monitor certain data elements that occur in certain intervals for a number of times. A common trait that CNP fraudsters use oh. is to test out stolen credit cards. 
All it takes oh, is shit. one fraudulent transaction to be approved. So you that's were really it. close to the mark. Yeah. Basically, rate limiting. Yeah. yeah. I also want to point out it's a 2001 movie, uh, according to IMDb. But keep going. New rules. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Was that with? Um... I, have, I have no fucking idea, Peyton. I literally just googled it, and that's one of the results. All right, so they implemented the velocity rules. Well, that didn't help because eight months later, they in January 2017, the cider house rules. Right. right, right. There was another phishing email that broke back into the bank and gained access to both the Star Network and Navigator which is used to manage <laughs> credits and debits to customers' accounts. Wow. They used the Navigator to credit about $2 hey, million to various accounts. Me? Again, it was done over the weekend. Wow. So, in the lawsuit, National Bank says it has an insurance policy with Everest National Insurance Company for two types of coverage or riders to protect against cybercrime losses. The first was a computer electronic crime rider that had a single loss liability mm-hmm. of $8 million. The second was a debit card Writer, which provided coverage for losses, which results directly from the use of lost, stolen, or altered debit cards or counterfeits. That liability, that policy had a single loss liability of 50K with a 25K deductible and an aggregate limit of 250K. So what the fuck? Do they, is there firewall? Like a single card policy. Is there firewall literally a guy sitting there and manually approving packets? Like why? I, I, and, I don't know, dude. And he doesn't work weekends. And he doesn't so, work weekends. Exactly. Like why? Why? <laughs> Criminy. I don't know. All, right, I mean, you know, all, all right. I know is they got a, a phishing email and clicked it. Yeah. So according to the lawsuit, though, Everest, the insurance company, determined that the 2016 and 2017 breaches were covered exclusively by the debit card writer and not the $8 million C&E writer. <laughs> the insurance company said the bank could not recover the lost funds under the C&E writer because of two exclusions in that writer, which spell out circumstances under which the insurer will not provide reimbursement. So there you go. So the guys... Our lawyers they, are smarter than yours. Yeah, right. This is really, you know, another example of you can have all the security in the world and Frank, the user, is going to click on, you know, that phishing email that says, hey, buy Eagles tickets. Oh, real life in-joke. All right. Next thing we have is Intel has another uh, remote export for AMT. So they did a security review of the Intel CSME. They found security vulnerabilities that could affect the following devices. Literally everything. This includes <laughs> Intel Core 2 Duo V Pro and Citrino 2 V Pro. First, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth gen. Xeon processor E3 1200 V5 and V6. Xeon Scalable Pearly and Xeon W Basin Falls. There are three CVEs. They are CVE 2018 3628, CVE 2018 3629, CVE 2018 3632. Yeah, we'll do that. Now, here's the real fuck you. Only fourth gen or higher, and the Xeons will get patches. So, (laughs) you know, fuck off if you have a third gen or lower, you know. I mean, I'm safe, but a lot of people aren't. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mr. (laughs) I9 over here. Ironically, the entire enterprise is not safe. (laughs) The entire enterprise is here. Right, Did you right, say right. 4,000 and above will be patched? Fourth gen or higher. Oh, great. So my motherboard is still vulnerable to Spectre, but my CPU is going to get patches. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the next thing we have is that in the uh, TNS ESNI is currently being worked on. TLS. TLS. That's what, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. TLS. I apologize. Also that. So this is, it's a draft that's been submitted. It's provisions for BCP 78 and 79. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're working on this. So I don't really know a lot about this. So honestly. SNI is what allows a server name indicator or indication is what lets 
basically it helps SSL work through proxies. Mm. It okay. doesn't try to resolve to the proxy. The cert to the proxy tries to resolve the cert to yada yada yada. ESNI is is an encrypted form of that. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. The E being for encrypted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It. <laughs> it's better than being cyber. Right. Cyber SNI. Or cloud-based. Right, right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure RF, the IETF is still not sold on cloud-based or cyber buzzwords. So thank goodness yeah. for that. Thank it's goodness. not in their wheelhouse. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Hey, so going. moving on here. Mo- moving yep. on. Moving Next on. Move. So Next news. Your cell phone has a ton of sensors in it. There's, mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of things in there that can track your location, not necessarily just your GPS. So a researching firm led by Guer- Gu- Guvera Nubir, <laughs> I have no idea how to say <laughs> this, I apologize. We'll <laughs> He's a professor at Northeastern University and also directs the Northeastern's Cybersecurity and Information Associate Assurance Graduate Program. That's a mouthful. Yeah, right. There's a whole area, he says, that's called side channel attacks, where you use side information to infer something that can have an impact on security. Mm -hmm. So basically what he's saying is that if you take your cell phone and you turn GPS location off, he can still track your location. So what they did is they took Androids and they installed, they had people install a flashlight app, Mm -hmm. which was not actually doing anything but gathering sensor data. And presumably... Flashlight apps. And presumably turning the flash on. Yeah, right. (laughs) Sure, sure. (laughs) It'd be a dead giveaway otherwise. So basically, without using triangulation, they used the accelerometer, the magnetometer, magnetometer, yeah, right, and the gyroscope. In major cities like Boston, where there's lots of twists and turns, they can get up to 50% accuracy. However, grid-like cities like New York are a little bit more difficult. Now, I'm going to let you finish in a minute, but I want to say it again for the people in the back. This was without using triangulation. This is... Right. Asto- like Holy crap, the, he rediscovered INS. <laughs> right. But, like, the amount of correlation right, 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 right. is just right. incredible that they can actually... I, so, I just want to point out yes, that it, the U.S. Navy was moving nuclear missile submarines around the world via this shit 50-some-odd years ago. With Android so smartphones? <laughs> they actually had purpose-built hardware. That's why theirs works right, so much better. Right, exactly. Right, right, right. So, but the concept is ancient. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they say that if you travel the same route every day, they have a high probability to guess where you live, where you work, and what trajectories you took. So they can reach up to 90% on people who travel the same route every day. And that's kind of obvious. Mm-hmm. Remember, they kids, did say, turn left instead of right. It's upset. <laughs> right, exactly. So they did use Androids, but they said that the hack could apply to iPhones as well because they have a similar kind of permissions for the sensors and so on. Mm-hmm. So just because yes. you have your GPS location turned off doesn't mean you can't be tracked. And But if you turn your phone off, <laughs> you can't be tracked. Right, right, right. Make right. sure you, you know, pop it into pieces and, and then fling it. Or just put it in the microwave or some shit. Yeah, yeah use the right. Apple fast charging. So the next the, the next thing we have, and this is this is actually really terrible. Mm. This is like a huge violation of this guy's rights. This You guys are going to freak out on this. So this guy named William Montanez was jailed for 180 days by a Florida judge for refusing to unlock two phones. Mm-hmm. The judge handed him his phones and said, unlock them. He claimed to have forgotten the passcode and said they were recent purchases. He was told no passcode, no freedom. The police claimed to have a warrant and that that is all they need to demand access to the phone's information. He was initially pulled over for a failure to yield. A canine was brought to sniff his car after he refused to consent to a search. Now, that is not allowed. 
being pulled over for a failure to yield does not immediately constitute, you know, a fishing expedition where you can go, we want to look in your car. You if know. they got a warrant, though, one of the barriers to a warrant is probable cause. So they may not the, be sharing it with us, No, but there is a reasonable the expectation can, that they did something. The canine was brought to his car after he refused to consent to a search. So I... No warrant. Again, none of us are lawyers, but mm-hmm. from recollection... As far as you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm pretty confident in that. From recollection, using a police dog does not consist as a search. It is a means no, of that's, acquiring that's inc- probable that's, cause. That's incorrect. No, it, that's it incorrect. Is, no, that's because incorrect. that's the exterior. Actually, I know this one for an absolute fact. Well, Running the canine around the exterior of your vehicle is not a search. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, the can- opening any yes. any enclosure or operating any latches so, for the canine to gain access is a search. Yes, absolutely. Can I read the rest of this to you guys? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? No, <laughs> so, I told you the important There parts. was a Supreme Court ruling in Roger Rodriguez that makes it clear <laughs> regular traffic stops are not supposed to be fishing expeditions. Mm-hmm. If no reasonable yeah. suspicion presents itself and refusing consent isn't suspicious activity, officers aren't allowed to extend stops for further to further badger drivers into relinquishing consent or bring a dog to the scene to ask its permission for a search. Now, is, quote-unquote, the smell of marijuana by the officer, is that still constituted as probable cause? Well, I don't know. I'm yes. getting It is? Okay. Yep. I'm getting to that. Okay. So, they don't say how long it was between when the traffic stop was initiated and the dog's arrival. All that's clear well, is the dog long. wasn't that's there the when the traffic case. stop started, and he was never issued a citation for the infraction that triggered the stop. The dog apparently alerted. The officers found a misdemeanor amount of marijuana, mm. supposedly THC oil, tested only with a drug field test, mm-hmm. and a handgun. The passenger of the car was a oh. felon, so it was illegal for him to have it. Oh! Oh, Montanez, rolls down the hill. Montanez was not a felon, so he was allowed to have the handgun. However, having marijuana and handgun together is a felony. Which which state was yep. this in again? Florida. Florida. Do they require registration of all handguns? Do you know? No. They no, they don't. That no. I feel like that might be changing soon because there's. I know there's a lot of gun control activity in Florida no, currently, but I, I, as well no. as PA, we're being hit pretty hard too. But I, anyway, I hear Vorge googling it right now. So, well, well, well hold gun on. Laws. Hold on. There is no required mother. permit to carry shotguns or rifles under Florida laws. However, those wishing to carry handguns must apply for a license or permit to do so. There you go. Mm-hmm. So to carry right. a concealed handgun, I, one must apply for a license to the Department of Agriculture. Yeah. Yeah, that's... So, Montanez's mother claimed to own the handgun, mm-hmm. something the state has yet to disprove or even offer an opinion. Montanez did claim possession of the marijuana alleged byproducts. It's an open and shut misdemeanor offense. Sure. Then the officer seized his cell phones and obtained a search warrant for them. Yeah. This was predicated on one thing, a text message saying, oh my God, they find it being received on one of the cell phones during the stop. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the issue here is... You know, they're trying to violate his rights. You know, a traffic stop for, you know, failure to yield or a taillight out does not allow you to then search the car further unless there's probable cause. And so far, they have not. So here's the, any here's the thing. Cause. Here's the thing. Except that, you know. We'd have to pull the actual court cases to actually see. Right. Or, and, and really the police report as well. But so here's the thing. If they smell marijuana or whatever, or they see it in the car lying out. That is probable cause. That is enough for them to constitute a full legal search without a warrant. That is a misdemeanor in Florida. Okay. A misdemeanor does not allow you to then step it up to a felony stop. Well, here's the thing. They also found a handgun. Who is this handgun? Being that we now know that Florida 
they on found the, the handgun. Was registered. They found the handgun. Needs to be registered. Hold on. Needs to be registered. Who was the handgun no, registered to? Yeah. No, it doesn't. Yeah, Forge just said. Forge no, just looked it up. Need, they don't need to be registered. It is illegal. It is a felony to register them. Right. Oh, okay. You cannot register them. Okay. So what, Forge? What did you, what did it say about handguns before the CCL? Say what? What now? You can't. You, open you read carry off them. the gun law. Right. The problem is that they searched the vehicle based on the dog indicating drugs in the car. That's absolutely so, within their procedure. But the handgun, the, yeah, the handgun the would not have been found. The handgun would not have been found if the dog hadn't been brought out to alert. Yeah, and that's... But see, here. here's the chain of events. Yes. The officer, all he has to do is say, I thought it smelled like marijuana. Mm-hmm. So they bring right. out the dog, the dog alerts. Right. That's probable cause. They have a warrant. The dog searches. The dog locates marijuana. That's a complete chain of custody That's right a legal. There. That's a legal search at that time. That, that does is a not legal search, they and say we also though. found this handgun while searching for this Mary Joanna. Yeah. Right. Boom. If the they, problem is, if they it find, doesn't sound like that's what happened. Well, I'm saying if they find the handgun during that search, that still constitutes as evidence. Yep. Valid evidence. I don't disagree with you. The okay. problem is that they brought the dog out to do the search. That's without... still not an issue, though. They don't explicitly need to say, oh, I, I smell marijuana. Like, why would the news report that? That's why I'm saying we would need to see the court docs and the police report itself. Right. I, I agree with that. I agree okay. with that. I'm it's, saying it's, you can't make these still, assumptions, you know. It's still very fishy to not me. That, that, not know. that it's not abused. It absolutely is abused, the whole sure. process. But absolutely. procedurally. He's got a gun. Procedurally. Well, well no. He's no, Florida man. Even, even it's just, extremely likely he's on drugs at any given Even just the smell of marijuana, whatever. Procedurally, sure. nothing was broken. You know, on paper, there's nothing wrong with the process. I, I ethically, with that, ethically maybe, but you know yeah, what? Ethically, I would say that. Yeah. Eternal, like etern- let, Let's get an attorney if if any are listening. I doubt it. Why would they be listening to a, a system administration podcast? <laughs> but if we have any attorneys that would listening, mean a minority of a minority. Right, hit us up <laughs> because you know, especially if you're a Florida attorney, criminal prosecutor, kind of a thing. Let us know. But yeah, that's every like on paper. There's nothing. There was no mistrial or, or no illegal... Well, he's he was being asked to provide information. He wasn't on mm-hmm. trial. He's being held in contempt of court because he's not providing the information he's been requested to, inf- to provide, which is the passcode to his phone. Thing. Right. So he's right. not... It's not That's a, the thing I want to focus on. That, to me, right. is, is See, the story. In, Everything right. leading up to that is irrelevant. Because but I gotta say, if I was in his position, I'd be like, under the Fifth Amendment, I do not feel that there's yeah. any benefit to well, me to unlock this phone. Yeah. That's the whole point of the Fifth Amendment, is you can't self-incriminate yourself, you know? Right. You're afforded so the he's... privilege of not... Correct. And yes, yeah, exactly. And so that's why he's got a lawyer who's fighting this, who's got a petition in, saying he doesn't need to do this, because that's the whole point of the Fifth, Fifth Amendment. Amendment. Yeah. Right. So, you know, there you go. The other part of that is he also said he forgot Once the we password, set aside... so... Yeah, once we set aside all the rest of that, we're in total agreement. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Yeah, right, right, right. exactly. So let's get on to the last little bit here, and then yes, we, can, yeah. we can actually do a discussion. So this one is actually, I'm really ashamed of this one. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, not surprised. Hackers, what did the Marine eat? Hackers steal military documents from a public FTP site using a default password. Now, I don't think any of us are proud of this, but are you surprised, Peyton? Honestly? Oh, wait, 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 wait. A little bit? Really? It, it, wait, 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 it wait, wait, should yes. not. You served. You saw yeah. the average grunt and the qualities exactly. thereof. That's what I was getting at. I so does it indicate the service of the you know failing uh, servicemen? Uh, well, why don't you? Why don't you tell me it was DOD? <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll read it to you here, and you can find out. So 
Military documents for drones and other things were stolen from FTB site using a default password. Some of the documents are related to servicing the MQ-9 Reaper drone, manuals for dealing with IEDs, M1 Abrams tank Shit. operations manuals, mm-hmm. crewman training I've and survival. Always wanted to know how to change the oil in a Reaper, <laughs> and a document detailing tank platoon t- tactics. So there's a hacker that's asking between 150 and 200 oh. for the lot. The U.S.-based threat intelligence firm Recorded Future discovered the documents so, for sale So wait, before, before you read what I just pasted, do not mm-hmm. look. Guess. Guess at the service involved. What United States armed service is most likely to do something stupid like leaving the default passwords on an FTP server? I, I Coast Guard or, or uh, Air Force? No. Chair Force! The hacker first infiltrated the computer of a captain at 432nd Aircraft Maintenance Squadron Reaper AMU OIC, yeah. stationed at Creech Air Force Base in Nevada. I was gonna, I was gonna read that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You didn't let me, you know, do this. Oh, right. You gotta so read faster. Recorded. <laughs> go, go. So they engaged the hacker and discovered he used Shodan to hunt down specific types of Netgear routers that used a default FTP password. They gained oh, access to these, and then they reached out to, the, or they discovered this captain's computer and stole the information. They stole a list of airmen assigned to the Reaper AMU. Yeah, so he didn't... It just gets better and yeah. better. Yep. He didn't reveal where he stole the other documents, but they're most likely taken from the Pentagon or from a U.S. Army official. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Once again, we're going to go back to this. Change your default password, people. <laughs> If your shit shows up on Shodan, it broke. You fail. Mm-hmm. The hacker also bragged about accessing footage from an MQ-1 Predator flying over Choctawachi Bay in the Gulf of Mexico. Gazette Oh, terribly sensitive information. Uh-huh, yeah. Everybody wants to look at Choctawachi. <laughs> Choctawachi. Choctawachi. Yeah, so anyway. Chock full of nuts? So Netgear has responded to this by putting up a support page with information on how the users could change their router's default FTP password. <laughs> now, you would think that the chair farce of all, of all the agencies would know how to do this, but apparently they don't. Hey, man. assholes. There is no control yoke on that damn thing. They've checked repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have no idea how you're uh, supposed to fly one of these. Ra- now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why would anyone in the chair force have M1 Abrams maintenance manuals? They don't have any tanks. That's why the some of the documents may have come from the Pentagon or from yeah. an army official. Oh, my. Yeah. I did see some mention in the source you included, Peyton. Forge, if you can get me a link to where you found your source, that'd be great. I think it was the same one. No, it's not. Oh, the register. But the source you included, Peyton, that mentions that it could have also come from the CIA. Now, I'm not as familiar with, you know, the three-letter agencies and the armed forces as y'all are, maybe, but... Well, can can I just say... The point is, it probably did come from somewhere other than the Air Force, and a third-party security firm found them, so... Well, the big thing... Mm-hmm. that I have a problem with is that number one, we shouldn't be using they shouldn't be using off-the-shelf type stuff like a Netgear router that has default anything. And they shouldn't be using FTP either. Yeah. I was, you know, yeah. There's, there's a lot of coulda, shoulda, but did nots here, <sighs> I think. There's there's at least five. This is very frustrating for me. Yeah. I just, you know, I really, it bothers me a lot that Well, let me this put it happened. this way. I'm not, you know. I'm not surprised because here's the thing. When one of the armed forces fails with intel like this, mm-hmm. they fail. Big. They fail big. It's a, it's huge. Yeah. It's really, yeah. It's a stupid, huge. stupid fail. 
Yeah, so it's, it's either they're fine, you know, they're they're pretty well protected, or there's a huge fail. You know, there's yeah. there's no in between there oh, when yeah. it comes to the armed forces. So, well, so rip whoever's responsible for that. But yeah, uh, there's going to be someone getting their, uh, uh, their someone's. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah for sure. All right, we got one more news item. Let's finish it up. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So Reddit got compromised. Mm-hmm. Dun dun dun. So there's actually a uh, they have a, a link out. They have a security. They have a post about it. You can't see the it, but I'm playing thing. the world's tiniest violin right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> so on June 19th, they learned that between June 14th and June 18th, an attacker compromised a few of their accounts, their employees' accounts, mm-hmm. with their cloud and source code hosting providers. They compromised the two-factor authentication, which, you know, SMS-based authentication this apparently is not as secure as they thought, they, <laughs> they thought it would be. No, it's definitely never been... Secure. Right. Well, the main attack was SMS was via SMS intercept. Mm-hmm. They suggest that everyone moves to token-based 2FA, which, sure, that's fine. So, all Reddit data from 2007 and before, including account credentials and email addresses, was accessed. Email digests were sent by Reddit in June of 2018. So, if you received an email from noreply at redditmail.com, then you need to check your account. If you did not, then you're probably fine. Reddit is currently having some issues. I wasn't able to actually like be logged in and access reddit.com. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're able to right now. I was so, able to, yeah. But that's weird. So check your account, change your passwords, enable token-based two-factor authentication. And stop using the Welcome same back. password for you're everything. You're already logged yeah. in and will be redirected back to Reddit immediately. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I get that all the time. And I'm not logged back in. So mm. I maybe am. you're comped. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I think so. Anyway, okay, keep going, keep going. So, black hat hackers of the world, if you have my account on Reddit, enjoy, please. <laughs> you don't I have insist. one. You said you don't have en- one. Enjoy that subscription to our incest. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> no, you know what? I don't want to know. I do not want to know. We're just gonna we're gonna gloss over that. <laughs> like that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> And I've killed Payton. Wow, okay, all right. So that's uh, that's Payton with the news. Oh, gosh. All right. I... <laughs> wow. <sighs> Never yes, a dull moment. That's a real thing. <gasps> no, I'm totally sure it subscribe is. subscribe to it right before abandoning your to throw away Reddit account. <laughs> oh, okay. So it was it was a, an intentional troll more than anything. Oh, well, yeah. Got it. Okay. Oh, there's thousands more. I'm there. sure there is. I'm... I'd be supr- very surprised if there wasn't like an RYF or something. Distasteful mm-hmm. subreddits? Don't we have a list for that? <laughs> uh, probably. Now, can someone can someone check for me? Is there an RYF? An R an R slash YIF Y I F F. I'm almost positive there is. There has y- to be E F F or Y I. I'm confident. Yes, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm confident. quite confident there is. Okay. I'm verifying that for you as we speak. I don't want to check myself. Although Reddit is no very... Problem. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> that reaction. Shit. Shit. Yeah, that's... that's so, yeah. I guess if we have any furries listening, good luck with that. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're all already there. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Yeah, there's are. definitely one here. And oh, my God. I, I, need, I need some eye bleach now. <clears throat> you're, you, you're welcome. I never imagined that. <laughs> and I rarely say that. Wow. 
Okay. All right. Let's so, uh, let's, um, let's go on to our topic. <laughs> now that I now that I need to scrub my eyeballs. Now that I've Jesus introduced them to one of the older horrors of the internet. I think I might have seen that on, on a random NSFW. Oh no! Like I remember haphazardly yeah. running into and very unwillingly running into Yif on like news groups <laughs> and shit. It's nothing new, no, but I knew the term. Okay, there you go. Ugh. So you knew Ugh. what you were getting into. Peyton, maybe not. So well, yeah. Okay. No, I knew about it. I just, you know, that's still eye bleach that I. It's in recent years, self abuse has become a, a euphemism for masturbation. <laughs> but self abuse is a much, much larger category. What? Oh gosh. Okay. All right. All right. So AIX. Forge. AIX. So Forge, the bane of my existence. Forge and I think Payton do some work with AIX. Bane of your existence? I'm going to rat you out <laughs> tomorrow, buddy. <laughs> now, I know a couple of people who use AIX and they love it. And it, you know, it does have some good things. But the problem I personally, <laughs> the problem I personally take with it is there's a lot of fanboyism surrounding it. There's a, it's almost a cult. It has an absolute garbage shit shell by default. What, K-shell? C-shell? Yep. It's garbage. It's garbage. If I wanted VI for a shell, I would have just done exactly that. (laughs) Just run everything through like the uh, the exclamation point command in Vim. You hit up arrow thinking maybe it'll show you the last command and it says "Mm, nothing. And then if you hit enter, it says, by the way, up arrow is not a valid command. (laughs) So it literally takes the up arrow as a control character. By default. Yep. Wow. Or I guess as not a control character, I should say, because in right, fact it, it is it a control character. It passes it through as, you know, hey, you, you hit up arrow. That must be part of the executable name. I'm going to run that for you. I can see how that would be. That'd be a really great way of hiding rootkits. Just yeah. hiding it as, <laughs> as like various control characters that aren't parsed. Oh well, my god! I have to, to tell terrible. you a little story about that. Actually, yeah. it's not a little story. We well, well no, we got some time. This is a brief story. It happened before you started there, and actually, I was still new mm-hmm. when I heard about this. But apparently, they changed LL, the alias LL, on someone's AIX profile to do nefarious things. And it took RMRF. him. It took him forever to figure out what it was <laughs> and how to fix it. <laughs> If work was not so locked down, I would have installed SL on every machine that fucking worked by now. So you you basically are Jathan then. Uh... It needs it. It needs it. I'm on a production machine and I'm en route and I go, hmm, history, grep, SL. Wow, mm-hmm. that's a lot more times than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, Shathon is a big SL fan, and he's mentioned it once or twice. And he he even has said it. that he he deploys it on some prod machine. <laughs> so I deplore it. I deplore it is what yeah. I do. But sometimes people just deserve need, they they need the reminder. I mean, it was written for a reason. Now, does AIX have its own SL port? If not, <laughs> it'd be real easy to whip one up. There you go. I, I can't. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine it'd be that complex yeah. that it would. Yeah. So uh, I have no experience with AIX, and I don't want to shell out the what like ten grand to get an AIX box. Uh. Yeah, that's the trick. And even when you find an AIX box and you can afford it, you can't afford to run <laughs> the goddamn thing. I've, I've heard they're powerhouses. They're absolute beasts of machines. You're gonna need oh, three phase great. power, oh and you're gonna need PFC based billing, or you'll go bankrupt by the end of the first month. Mm. Okay. It's terrible. So as I was saying, I know nothing about this, so yeah. I'm not gonna I'm mostly gonna be asking questions if contributing at all to this conversation. First one, now how I know nothing about this. Like how 
much does it stray from the traditional Unix like BSD. It is a Unix. Oh, I know, yeah. but like we're talking like BSD style, which is the well, closest like, you're going to get to modern historical Unix. Well, the nice thing is is that LVM works both for resizes up and down without having to take the file system offline. Well, that's because it's IBM LVM. Mm. But yeah. That's so it, I thought the whole go. point of LVM I can was summarize so. all of the strengths of AIX in one line. Mm-hmm. It is written for all of the hardware it runs on. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. that's very true. And I, I do I do know that's why partly why I should say they bundle it with hardware. Yeah, I mean you're not buying for 10K, you're not just buying some software. You're buying literally the machine it runs on. Multiply redundant, self-managing, right. self-healing, opens its own tickets with IBM when it breaks. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, it's and, really cool. Well, and then you call IBM and they're like, oh yeah, 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 we'll be right out. And you're like... No, no, I liked the one I did. I called IBM and they're like, what version are you running? <laughs> that EOL'd a while ago. We can't do anything for you. Oh, no. Well, can you just open a ticket that and then close true. it with your stuff is too old and I'll kick that up the chain? No. <laughs> No, I can't no. open any tickets <laughs> at all. I, I really can't do anything at all for you. I can't even tell you why we don't support you, except to say that you're too far back. <laughs> you're too far back. I now part I, of that I border is, on verbatim for part, most of that. Part of that, that is that we are, you know, working on retiring stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, but so. Anyway. So I digress. because it's when at the water cooler you hear about the new plans to deploy Debian seven. <laughs> Debian seven. <laughs> yes. Wow. And your and your eyebrow goes up and your head turns uh, and you go, no, no, I wasn't invited into this conversation. I'm not going to join. Yeah, it. yeah. That's that's where you just kind of shake your head and and walk uh, away. Yeah. Now. Because this is already public knowledge, it's already been, been published on our website even in Payton's profile, and because we both of you have realized, you know, revealed that you work with each other, we can say the name of the company because it's all public information. <gasps> it's it's can we? Yes, the ATS group, right? <laughs> now what? No, that's yeah. No. That one we can yes. say. Yes, we can say that. Right. Yes. But we're not allowed to make any more jokes about the CIA. <laughs> right. Well, I'm sorry. That's a that's a mumble. That's end to end. We're fine. <laughs> so the question I have is, and you know, this particular information you may not be able to reveal because I know there is a pretty strict NDA, but I don't know exactly what it covers but it's because that it is, itself is probably covered under the NDA. Are you at liberty to say what services that you offer use AIX? It's mostly, uh, mostly so here you go. databases. Let, that I, I was going to say, let, let, let me feel this one because I can, I can dodge around while also answering sure. by saying that any of the tasks that AIX is capable of and supported for, mm. it is excellent at, which among other things would include very high availability, high uptime, mm-hmm. large scale database work. Okay. Just because you go to Oracle and you say, I want support. And they say, what garbage hardware are you going to put our precious software on? And you go, <laughs> stuff that's even more expensive than your license. <laughs> right, exactly. And there's a moment of disbelief. And then they go, well, of course, sir. yes. When you put it like yeah. that, how can we not support right. you? <laughs> now, AIX also, there's a lot of interaction that I've come across with these, you know, the AIX fanboys. They also extol its uh, virtualization capabilities. I heard it does some great work with that. Yeah. Are you able to confirm or deny that this is part of what you use it for? Or is it? I think just about everyone is using okay, it for that. Okay. Because yeah. for AIX, it's not really like a workload. Mm-hmm. It's designed into the hardware. Yeah. 
that, I mean, you really don't ever put an OS directly on any metal. Yeah. Your metal has little subcomputers that live on top of it that manage the metal and then parcel it out to LPARs, mm-hmm. logical partitions, which think that they're metal, but they're not. <laughs> right. And sometimes the line even gets fuzzy. Things that are relatively new to the x86 virtualization world, like uh, hardware pass-through, are taken for granted in LPARs. Mm. LPARs routinely have network devices or storage devices passed through to them direct. Mm. And that's 10, 15, 20-year-old tech in AIX, Mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So those unfamiliar with AIX, and this may be the first time you're hearing of it, it's an IBM, I guess we can call it a platform, right? Because it kind of entails the hardware and the operating system. Yep. Yeah, I would agree with that. It didn't used to be, but it currently definitely is a platform. Now, IBM is also, I know they're now starting to do Power KVM. Is that using the, the same hardware platform, or is it a new line for them? No, it's a newer generation. Same overall idea, yeah. but implemented differently. Yeah, and it does look awesome. I mean, everybody who's listened to the phone, the show knows by now, and I have no shame admitting it. I'm a 100% KVM fanboy. I'll be the first to admit that. So Power mm-hmm. KVM yeah, is sure. kind of really awesome in the sense that it does bare metal KVM, bare metal KVM hypervisoring, which is awesome. Super cool stuff. But that's it sounds like that's essentially what AIX is, only a, an older iteration of it, right? Or an in-house older iteration, I should say. So I, I it uses K-Shell. It does. How are... Well, a better question would be, are patches distributed? Or is it... Yes. Oh, they are. Okay. They are versions. So patch least, distribution rather. is funny. Uh-huh. Because they have a repo where all the patches are, and you go to the repo, and you get the patches, and then you convey them to your box. Mm-hmm. There's no automated method for that. Okay, so it's it's we're talking like a w get crawl kind of a thing, and then you manually sorta. Okay, got it. Yeah, you're not firing off zipper or uh, Pac-Man or something like that. You're going and fetching a file and putting it in a particular directory and manipulating it in a certain way. And okay, so 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 closer to a, a fairly general thing, so I can share it is that AIX has a nifty utility in it called Smitty. Mm-hmm. That way you can take operators that are not really qualified to operate your hardware <laughs> and have them operate your hardware anyway. I am a little bit familiar with Smitty. I do recognize the name, yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's basically it's a, like the... It says a lot about you as an operator. There's actually some really <laughs> nifty tools oh, I've never touched that, help you, file, so. that help you diagnose a lot of stuff. Enmon, especially, is... Enmon is, really is actually... has a port to Arch. Linux in general, yeah. That was, I believe, third-party written, though. I don't think that's... Something that was, it was written by an IBM employee, if I'm correct, but it was quote-unquote off hours. You know, it, it, I don't think it was actually part of the AIX program or product offering, right? I mean, possibly. Written by Nigel Griffiths at IBM. Mm-hmm. History. Original Enmon was for IBM AIX mm-hmm. and was a freely downloadable binary format only tool from the IBM AIX wiki. Oh, so that kind of blurs it does. the line as to what it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that means it was in-house developed or out of hours uh, developed. Yeah, but... it, it doesn't specify, so you can't really tell from the info I've got. It but I think a lot of, come to think, like a, a lot of software, I guess, is like that these days. But yeah, it definitely was developed by an IBM employee. It has been ported to Linux. I personally am not so much a fan of it, mostly because it requires Microsoft Office to parse the reports into anything meaningful. But I have used it. <laughs> I've used it on Linux. Say what? Wait, 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 yeah. wait. What? You're talking about the when it dumps an output file? Yeah, so they're text files, right? And there are... They can be. Uh, what else would they be? The default is the on-screen display. Oh, right, right. All right, yeah, true. I'm talking about the reports, though. The reports are ah, text. Yeah, wow. And it's... Nobody uses <laughs> those. 
Well, I mean, if you're not using them, why not just use HTOP, you know? So, the real benefit oh, there... Oh, wait, wait, yes. wait. In online mode, it uses curses for efficient screen handling. Mm-hmm. In capture mode, the data file the data is saved out to a file in CSV format. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so it is CSV. The problem is, it's not... There's no real correlation in the values themselves. Like, it's spit out with almost no headers. I remember looking at the raw, at the yeah. raw text, and it's, it's a mess. There is a tool, specifically an Excel macro that you can run that will parse it and make it very pretty and make some very nice reports, but it only... But that's not Enmon's that's, fault. Well, it was developed by the same guy, the, the macro. Right. So That's also not Enmon's I, fault. He's written lots uh, of books. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, let him talk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that did make me laugh, though. Yeah, yeah. no, I know, but... My point is, like, why an Excel macro? You can't generate... You know, there's so many smarter ways of doing that and better ways of doing that. And there now there might have to be because, you know, Excel's removing macros, I think, in coming versions or something like that. I remember someone telling me something about macros being removed. I don't know if that's just a Microsoft Word or what, but I know they're going away eventually at some point in some product line. Eventually. As per current rumor, anyways. I don't, I don't know if that's been verified or not with Microsoft. Anyways... Yeah, I just this seems silly to me. And there have been efforts like in uh, uh, Python that will generate HTML representations, but it's super ugly and it doesn't parse all of the information that are in the reports. Shit like that. So I, I don't know. At this point, I feel like there's better options if you need to even consider cross-platform. Hmm. But you know, I mean, it's there. It, some people prefer it, and if that's your, that's your, that's totally your, your prerogative. If you have used Enmon and you like Enmon, by all means. Well. I think our I've used it. unofficial official position is dominated by the fact that although Enmon for Linux could be rightly attacked as, you know, crufty or backwards or the output is terrible, sure. it's really the only game in town on the AIX that, side. That was, I just thought of that as you started speaking. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't really, you know, take too much issue with it if it's the only thing available. You know, it's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It definitely 100% is better than nothing. So. so, yeah, a year ago, I had nil for AIX experience, and the impulse that screwed me up the most early on was, oh, I need to know this, so I'm just going to fire up IOTOP. Nope, no IOTOP. Mm-hmm. I mean top. Nope, no top either. Uh, Netstat. Nope, nope. How about nope? Hmm. So what? We've got some nope utilities. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of, whole lot of nothing, yeah. It, lot of it nothing. sounds like a bare OpenBSD install. With like uh, with Enmon and Smitty, and that's it. That's the impression I get. You know, and plus the, it feels the that way. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's that's a. So if you said that as you know, this is my factual truth, I would jump up and be like, no, no, sure, no, 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 sure. no. There's tons of crap there. You just don't know the names of any of it, so you can't find mm. it. Right. But from a user perspective, yeah, that is very much what it felt like early okay. on. It was. Um, I can't find anything. I can't do anything. This is terrible. Why do people keep telling me to? ls adder ls dev smitty this smitty that how do i use this goddamn os <laughs> it, it was it was very much the initial impression i got That's, now some yeah. time has gone by some of the commands come to hand easily the rest of them are on a little notepad i keep on my desk where i write down everything i ever say to ais in case i need to say it again sometime <laughs> there you go so it, it does sound like the Third-party documentation, which, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I, I learned the majority of my Linux knowledge, not wisdom, but knowledge, absolutely, through third-party docs, like the Evie Nemeth book and uh, the Root book and all, all sorts of other stuff. 
which, you know, we've linked to it before in the show. I'll link it to the episode. Mm. But it sounds like there's almost nothing yeah. like that for AIX. You almost have to pay for training, which makes sense. It's IBM. Of course, they still kind of, they still can't get out of that sort of 70s and 80s model of mainframe computing, that sort of business model. <laughs> You know, where yeah. they show up in the suit and, you know, but it just, it boggles me that they wouldn't want to make it more accessible to at least learn because then that means that, well, no, I guess that, then that means less consulting so costs, right? it drives down consulting rates mm-hmm. and makes it less attractive for guys like me and Peyton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also I think it goes back to a core IBM philosophy that didn't make a lot of sense to me for the longest time, but now it kind of does. Mm-hmm. IBM doesn't want to rule the world. IBM wants to sell service contracts to the guy who is. Mm. So they don't want to be girls? <laughs> yes, Peyton. No, Peyton. <laughs> IBM does not want to be girls. Oh, Sorry. God. That's, that's a terrible joke, but I got Brent to laugh, so that's yes. all that matters. I get Brent to laugh all the time. I think you've set the bar way too that's, low. That's true. Now, uh, no, that's not possible. <laughs> okay, so if you Google how to AIX, <laughs> the number one link goes to IBM. The number two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine links all regard travel in France. <laughs> Presumably, AIX is the uh, the airport, one of the airport codes. I don't even know how to say it in French, so I'll just be terrible. But it's I am Provence. Apparently, is a big city in. France. You definitely got the I right. Yeah, that's that's how I pronounce. Now, interestingly, does AIX provide any sort of change management options? I know Ansible runs on it because it does have Python. But oh, geez, that's a really good question. I've never seen any. <sighs> um. So, AIX does have really one question. awesome thing that kind of preempts mm-hmm. that. The default method for backing up slash timestamping slash recovery for AIX is a make sysb, yeah. which is basically a tarball of the entire running system. Mm, yeah, And the bad side is, it's a tarball of the entire running yeah. system. The good side is, they've been doing this for so long that they made a lot of really good tools to streamline the process and make it quicker and store it only as differentials against the last mm. one. All those sort of things that add up to, okay, this isn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's actually pretty neat when you do that. Again, though, it does take up a lot of space, you know, if you're, you know. But we're uh, running AIX, so we'll just run an- throw another $50,000 at it. <laughs> right, sure. Get yeah. some huge-ass storage in here right now just to support the AIX boxes. Listeners who uh, Listeners who don't have AIX in your cluster, in your, in your environment, in your fleet, I hope you're now considering the the type of people who would use AIX. They have money to burn. We need to have a very serious expense account in order to get started, and then you need to have a very healthy line of credit to keep Mm -hmm. running. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I'd agree with that. 100% 100% agree with that. Yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of what AIX is, though. So it's, it's what surprises me. But on the yes. other hand, it's like five nines right out of the box. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. Yeah. You want to leave your box up for 300 days? Yeah, no problem. Sure. Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. And some of that stuff that's been up for a while, I'm just like, what? And you do have the enterprise backing that as well. You have IBM behind that. So they. Yeah, you call Oracle and you say it's on AIX, and they go, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We will call you back, sir. That's right. <laughs> we're going to go find the one graybeard that knows what you're talking about, we're going to get him right on the phone. Right, exactly. Now, interestingly, AIX interestingly. does not support ZFS. That's to be expected, I suppose, because AIX... <sighs> ZFS is inferior. We don't need that. <laughs> we're just going to throw disks at the problem until it goes right. away. Do you... And, like, this is... 
I'm asking this simply based on people who have seen AIF's or AIF, AIX's release flow, we'll call it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you expect there to ever be an AIX kernel patch to support ZFS? Nope. Mm. So AIX does all of its cleverness and flexibility one layer further down the map. Mm-hmm. Payton mentioned it earlier, but AIX's LVM is really, really clever and oh, really yeah. capable. Mm-hmm. It's so instead cool. of, oh, we got a Z pool and we're going to manage the thing and stuff. No, 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 no. We've got LVM and we're just going to fold more disks into that group and we're going to mirror it more ways. So it's almost a requirement to have like a, I guess like a SAN attached to it, like a fiber SAN or some shit. It definitely shines as soon as you okay. do. And you can do really yes. clever stuff like we were running on mirrored local disks and one of the disks failed. Mm-hmm. And we just cannot be bothered at all because we put mirror disks in before we had our $50,000 SAN. So we're going to mirror with one half being the local disk that's still good and the other half being the SAN. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That is pretty cool. And then if we need to, we'll hot fail over from this mixed mirror just to booting off the SAN. Yeah. No yep. Yep. We've had disks fail, physical disks fail, and we've just said, all right, just add a SAN to it and boot yeah, from we'll that. SAN boot from now hmm. on. And it's not a big deal. Like, it's literally, I, you know, no big deal. Uh, now, I obviously, you can do that with Linux, but it's going to take a little sure. bit of work. It's not explicitly built it's, into the OS. And it sounds like it is with AIX. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Much much yes. more at the very okay. least. Definitely. Okay, I see. That is pretty cool. I have personally, yeah. I personally haven't done it, but I've seen it done, and it didn't look like I, a great I, big yeah. production. I've, I've seen it done, too, cool. and it's amazing. It's when you see it happen, and you're just like, Holy crap. And it doesn't take long either. Like it's, you know, you do it and you're done. I'm going to. Yeah. That's that whole, we've had two, three decades to streamline it. Yeah. So right. We're going to make right, it good. Right, that yeah. is definitely a, bit, a benefit AX has is its maturity. Now I'm going to guess how many commands it takes. And if you don't know, that's fine, but I'm going to guess it takes three to five to swap oh, over like that. At least. Okay. Oh, at least. It's, I want to say I would have expected it's closer to, be under. to three than five. Yeah. I, but, I would have guessed it would yeah, be you're, under. You're but, right about there. Okay. Yeah. It, in now, Linux, that's... There's a caveat yes. there. If you're cheating with Smitty, it's only one thing. Okay. <laughs> you're going to click, and you're going to hit F10, and you're going to hit F- Enter True. like 20 times, so... <laughs> right, right, yeah. Like yeah. 20 times. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so it, it sounds like Smitty is the sysconfig of AIX, only much more expansive. I was actually thinking of the incredibly, incredibly old-school Yas yes. from original SUSE, yeah. when it was all N-curses-based, mm-hmm. and you could go in and be like, hey... My ex is broke. Make it go. And Yast would be like, please wait, working. I believe... Okay, try it I believe now. Yast is... Either was based on, or, or Sysconfig was based on... They were based on one of the other. I don't know which yeah. came first, specifically, but... They're both ancient. They're both ancient. They're both very old. Yeah, quite, quite old. But obviously, you know, that does help widen the pool of administrators able to maintain your fleet. Because... Yeah, if all you're looking for is somebody to hold the keys and make sure it stays running all night... <laughs> It, it brings the yeah. bar way, way, way down. I mean, don't get me wrong. As much as I hate to complain about AIX, it is still, for what it does mm. and what it can do, it is astonishing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I see what it's capable of doing. Obviously, I mean, it's written for a certain thing and then it runs in that certain thing. That's fine. But when it does that, it's stellar. Mm-hmm. Like, I... It's solid. Yeah, yeah. Very solid. As far as, like, rock solid is concerned, it's rock solid. Mm -hmm. You know, the only problem that you have is you have things that, like, Oracle just uses up too much memory, and you have to go in and bounce Oracle. As Oracle is wont to do, yeah. You know, 
Right. So when you get down to it... It's probably why they acquired Java. If you have the money for AIX and you have the work that it can do, the workflow it can do, mm-hmm. you should definitely get it. You should definitely do it. But don't just do it because, oh, I heard these guys say you should do it. You know, it's like taking a... Definitely a, don't do it. It's take, like taking a semi-truck and pulling a, a 30-foot boat with it. Like, you know, you need to pull the big heavy loads with it. You can't just do, you know, a speedboat with it. You need to do the oversized loads. You need to do the big stuff that we're talking, requires that heavy lift. We're talking the ship that ships shipping container. Or, yeah, the ship that ships ships... The ship, the ship, you know what I'm shipping. You know what I'm talking about. It's a ship that has a bunch of ships on it, and those ships that are on it are the ones that carry shipping containers. Have you seen that meme? What are we shitting on? No, have you seen? Have you seen that meme? Yes, I've seen. Okay, So we're talking AIX. Like in order to justify the implementation of AIX within your infra, infra, you need to be that shipping container shipping, uh, shipping container ship shipping ship. (laughs) <laughs> right. Wow. AIX. AIX is the ship that carries shipping container ships. Yes. There you go. And that's, that sounded that's like exactly a load of ships to me. <laughs> Bunch of bullshit. You son yeah. of a ship. I will include a link to the image in our show notes so you can see what the heck I'm talking about. But it sounds uh-huh. like AIX is is definitely intended to be a beast of a machine. And if you're underutilizing it, you've wasted a shit ton of money. Oh, oh. It's listen. The money that you you could waste with that is. Me. Many, it's a lot of money. I, I would, many, I would tens of thousands, yes, many tens of thousands, and it, I would imagine that's probably the number one failing in AI performance is not having enough room. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I would agree. Sure, with that. very cool, cool, very cool. So, both of you's input, your opinion, some, you know, I, I guess final closing thoughts here. Quick TLDRs, pros, cons, how you like working with it compared to Linux. Well, well, it ships. ships. <laughs> well, that Shipping means, ships. So TLDR, it has a little bit of a learning curve, a little bit over what Linux does. Mm-hmm. But if you can master it or even approach mastering it, you're going to be, you're going to still be in demand. Even though it's, you know, some of the stuff is a little older, it, you're still going to be in high demand. So are you. That's it. Yeah, right. So, right. It's capabilities are so much so that it's still in, in high demand in certain areas and being able to do that puts you in high demand as well mm-hmm. so i would go ahead and say that being an aix master is right up there with like being a fortran wizard i was just about to say like fortran or Google. Yeah. your employment becomes fortran. much yeah. narrower but much less likely to dry up and right and always right. probably well paying at that because of the i would yeah, say because so, yeah. of the yeah. limited availability yeah. of, of people with your expertise correct yeah absolutely i mean it's almost impossible to get into it but once you get into it mm. and you learn it you're there cool. got it you know cool now have either of you used hp ux hp unix hockey puck? yes not for about a decade okay. i have and i'm glad so forge from what you remember of it how does that compare to aix because i know that they were trying to do a very similar they had very similar goal in mind right so I haven't touched hockey pucks in four. It probably hasn't changed much. But <laughs> the memories were very much that it was trying to do the things that AIX does, and it just hadn't gone as mm. far. I think just opinion for what it's worth, I think HP was headed in that same direction, mm-hmm. and their hardware just didn't reach the level of polish that IBM has. Mm. And that 
screws up the whole synergy right there. You, all the the hardware is bulletproof ish. <laughs> it's it's really good most of the mm, time. Yeah, mm. it's well respected by a few vendors. <laughs> I mean, we, I, I'm sure all three of us have opinions on HP, and none of them are pro- probably positive, but... Well, y- you know... I'm still they, waiting for my eye <laughs> They do ship us parts really quickly when we need them, but that's about it. Uh, so does yeah, Dell. Yeah. Dell, we don't, we don't, we don't do Dell. We personally don't, but I'm just saying, if we're holding up, gosh, oh, yeah, they ship yeah, so mm-hmm. fast, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, Dell does There's that, There's multiple too, vendors. I mean, you impressive. can even have... Well, you... Third you party... You can pay for that. You can have third party yeah. suppliers, even, that stock them, yeah. and, have a you know there's ways to fix that that's not but that, even then that's not really an HP UX thing so right. that's an HP yeah thing. yeah exactly now so I definitely would agree with you like HP UX is, is HP Unix is dying if not dead it's a joke I would say at this point but I did bring it up because they had a very similar goal and I, I was hoping one of you one of the two of you had experience with it so it's I was I was lucky that you do Forge now just a little <laughs> a smidgen that's that's enough I, I think. That's the extent of anybody's living experience with HP UX. Just a little. This is as much as anyone wants to have. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Seriously. Lastly, one final question from me, and then, you know, I'll just open it up to whatever you want to talk about, I guess. Preferably AIX related, but if not, whatever. Do you see PowerKVM superseding AIX? Do you see AIX, the AIX line dying in favor of PowerKVM? No, nah. nah, they're complimentary. Okay, okay. Whether you personally see it that way or not, Oh, I don't. I don't have a playing, perspective either way. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, if you're playing in IBM's ecosystem at all, mm-hmm. they have a vision and they will funnel you along <laughs> okay. that path, whether you meant to go that way or not. Because, like I said, when we were saying about, yeah, you can't get into AIX unless you're willing to throw around serious five and six digits just to get the hardware, mm-hmm. yeah, and then five and six digits on a regular basis to support the hardware. Another what five else? to six for kind of training thing. if you decide you want to, yeah. yeah. Well, them. they'll probably throw you some of that. Well, I mean, there's just to get you started. I, I think they offer licensing programs, right? They do. But yeah. If you're playing that deeply in the waters that you're throwing around that kind of mm-hmm. dollars, when the IBM guy comes around and tells you about how power KVM and AIX and doing this next generation thing on this next generation hardware, and we'll totally send you one just so you can see how awesome it mm-hmm. is. And then we expect you to order a thousand more just right. like it. You tend to fall in line with that pretty quickly and go, yeah, that's not the worst thing I could be doing with my mm-hmm. day. So you see AIX for the foreseeable future, you know, obviously unless IBM makes some rapid decision, but they tend to not do that other than selling the laptop line over to Lenovo, I guess. But well, that's because they didn't <laughs> yeah, want it anymore. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. given the choice between servers and like enterprise level servers and laptops, I definitely picked the latter or former rather. IBM is really, really good at seeing where the yes. money not only is, but where it's going That's to true. be, and then positioning themselves to I get definitely there. would agree with that statement, absolutely. And I mean, they shoot themselves in the foot, you go, oh my god, they sold off ThinkPad? Mm-hmm. That's like the number one prestige brand in laptops. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what is it, 15 years later, we're like, yeah, ThinkPads are okay. Yeah. They're all right. Yeah. I still like ThinkPads. Thank you. Somehow... IBM smelled where the market was going, and they said, ah, I, laptops, there's no bottom on that market. It's race to the mm-hmm. floor. Let's get out while the money's still yeah. good. And yeah, that's, that's very true. Yeah, I agree they that. contain some astounding amount of insight into trends, I guess, before they even become trends. It's pre-trends, I guess they'd be. Yeah. So you don't see AX in the foreseeable future being shadowed out by PowerKVM. I just mainly want to get the perspective from someone who works with the company. No, it may not be obvious from the outside. Mm-hmm. And that's why I ask. At this yeah. point, but I'm sure there's a okay. plan. Interesting. They're going to make some announcement that'll pivot your point of view on it 180 degrees. They'll say, oh yeah, by the way, we've been telling you about how awesome Power KVM is, 
By the way, it also does these awesome bullet point items, and only when you're running it with AI. Okay, yeah. I mean, I that does seem in character for IBM, so I, I can definitely see that. I mean, I uh, well, I part of the reason I ask is I don't have a perspective either way. I didn't know what the answer was going to be, so or I didn't expect an answer. Yeah. So that is definitely a an interesting forecast, I guess. I because well part of the reason i ask is i know how other companies do it and other companies would typically abandon their older platforms in favor of the newer one and that i think part of the reason why abm is still going what ibm uh, yeah that's what he meant i thought i said yeah. ibm what did i say ABM. I, ibm sorry it's, fine. it's funny it's fine. i knew what you meant yeah 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 i know what you meant too i just yeah. i thought i said abm too that's weird anyways so why i ask is part of the reason why ab i now you got me doing it intentionally. <laughs> I, I just, that one almost intentionally, subconsciously anyways. Part of the reason why IBM has been around since, what, the late 60s? Mid 60s? is be- No, much, much further back right. than that. Because IBM com- was the one that split themselves in half so that they could supply the Allies and the Nazis in World right, War II. Right, right, right. But, but that was before- You might mean IBM the way we yeah, know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Began in 1911 before they had the, the computing the tabulating Yeah, all that shit. Renamed to International Business Machines in 1924. Yeah. I'm talking modern computing in terms of bits and bytes, not flips and switches. Well, sure, I understand that. Fine, we'll okay. let you have it. And so, sure. mid-60s. They were on the forefront of that. When the mainframe thing was brand new, they were right there- at that advent that's what I'm, and they never got out that's what, yeah exactly exactly yeah and, and that's what i'm referring to because they've been able to maintain that that's why i think like the whole abandon the older tech as long as it's not you know as long as something newer and better is developed in-house isn't sustainable is because ibm shows that it's not they've been eschewing that i'm sure they still have customers on big iron from the 80s that they're still supporting because we know those they still exist you know wouldn't surprise me yeah exactly they wouldn't they, they're paying either. through the nose oh absolutely for their support extensions support absolutely extension but but that's just because know, it it, it costs less to do that than to switch right. over everything in their eyes anyways right. in their in the client size whether that's maybe objectively true or not you know eh, probably case by case basis but in these clients eyes that's that's the justification they have so i definitely i can see that being the case with them what you said about them continually maintaining them as separate lines to serve different purposes, and then later converging into a, a sort of unified environment. Or not unified, They're real good about not showing any Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're very right. good at hiding their future plans. They're very quiet. Cool. So I think that's really all I have to say about it. We're at an hour 20 in the raw. I need to get to the baddie because this episode is running long, but yes. we haven't had... Our last episode was pretty short, so I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, we were 48 minutes in the last episode, and you yeah. had three minutes of after music. That's, so. that's true. <laughs> that's But that's what I do. I always play... Was it Ravi Shankar? It was not. Ravi oh, Shankar not. is not CC licensed, so I could not do that. <laughs> so. But, I mean, that's what this... So, okay, that I guess that's a, a good side note. I'll take three minutes to do that, because why the hell not? We're already in hour 20. <laughs> In case you haven't noticed, <laughs> listeners, what I typically do is I do uh, five seconds of intro music within the fade in until we talk about what we're drinking. That's the exact cutoff point. Unless, you know, the intro music track doesn't last that long. But in which case, I just do a fade out to the end of the music track. For the end uh-huh. music, however, for the outro, for that, I play the whole track. I start the fade out when I say see ya, because I, I subconsciously somehow end every episode with see ya, right? That is the point where I yeah. start the fade out. 
And then from there, it's 30 seconds of non-fade out. And then once that 30 second mark after the end of the show hits, then I do a complete fade out to the end of the track. So I play the whole track of the outro. Anyway, so that's some interesting sysadministrivia administrivia for you. <laughs> so wait, I can cheat, shout out over the, the lead out music? No, you, they'll cut you off. You, you get cut out. You get cut out. It's part of the editing process. I mean, you can try. We might do like a, a fade out and then a fade, fade back, back in, in or something. But yeah, I mean, there have been cases where I've done like hidden, quote unquote, hidden tracks, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to get to the betting. Now, since Jathan isn't with us, press F to pay respects. I'm going to take care Control of the... F. Control F to, pay res- to find respect. Find, find some respect. <laughs> um, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be funny. doing the baddie. I love, normally I love this that. is his that's, segment. That's yeah, normally this is his segment, but whatever. So there was, well, I should say there is a tool called HP Lights Out or HP Integrated Lights Out. Integrated ILO. ILO, yeah. It's like DRAC Dell Remote Access Card and ITME, which is IP Management Interface, I think, from memory. That may be incorrect, but they're basically... Intelligent Platform Management Interface. I got two out of four isn't I, I had bad, to Google it, so... Yeah, yeah, I got half of it, I guess. But I got the easy half, so... Okay, so... <laughs> the All three of these, ILO, ITME, DRAC, I think there's like one more generic interface, maybe. These are basically ways of remote managing hardware. They let you control power functions, they let you load an ISO... As if it were physically a physically attached CD-ROM. And they're very, very handy things. I think we've talked about them once or twice on the show. They're super useful for data centers especially. Yeah, I did teach yeah. Payton what it was. Yeah, because yeah, then you, that's amazing. you, you don't it. have to drive to the data center to, you know, kick a box, metaphorically Thank speaking. God for that. Exactly. <sighs> super useful stuff. They let you, you know, fix bootloaders without having... Oh, yeah. To shell in. I mean, you can't shell in at that point, obviously, because it won't boot. Very, very useful mechanisms. Understandably. However, they have notoriously fucking terrible security. There was an ITME worm running around a while back. Yep. And I think we might have... I think we reported on that. It's possible. I mean, you know, I think we mentioned then... I'll reiterate because it's super important to remember this. Always VLAN off and VPN into that VLAN for your remote management stuff. You don't want that exposed. However... This particular individual decided to not heed that <laughs> bit of advice. Oh. So I can see where this one goes already. You don't even have to finish. <laughs> so this, this is so funny. This fucknut had his <laughs> ILO interface exposed to the WAN, to the internet. Oh. <laughs> well, well, but you have to read the comment that he said. Oh, I which comment? You have to. Oh. It's well. Let me hold on. Let me go ahead and finish, and then I'll, I'll. So anyway, so he had his ILO interface exposed to the internet, and his expectedly because uh, these things have no fucking rate limiting on them, and no uh, source of other. There's no two FA. You know, I guess that makes sense. They're running from a single like PCI card or some shit. I you guess. know, but there's no two factor or anything like that. So it's understandable, which is why you VLAN and VPN this shit. But his uh-huh. account got comped, and uh-huh. once you have access to this low level. Control, you can do anything. You can change the admin slash root password. You can anything that you can do physically at the machine, you can do with this shit. Yeah. Short of like actual hardware vulnerabilities, like attaching a UART or something, you know? But yep. that's what these things let you do. And his account got cunt. Ugh. It sure did. So it's Peyton, so weird. My yeah. server keeps turning on and off. <laughs> so, so he says, yes. so someone asked him, was this ILO server? accessible publicly on the internet. Mm-hmm. And he says, 
Forgive my ignorance, but if you don't have ILO internet facing, how do you get to it when the server goes down? Question mark. In this instance, there's only one server on site. Dash, as the business is small. And the next comment is dot, 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 dude, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) And that's how you discovered it was comms. Oh. I mean, you know, like, this is, like, rule number one. Don't do this. You know? Like, holy crap. (sighs) So, congratulations, you got a baddie. I hate the it's present year argument, but fucking really, it's 2018. We have VLANs, we have VPNs. You're able to do this on, like, the hardware of the... Cisco supports IPsec, right? Even then, you can have a VPN host behind it whatever there's no excuse for this there's literally no excuse for this why none no excuse at all whatsoever that's like but you know hey it's got to be public facing so that i can oh my gosh i can access it when it goes down (laughs) no you you really don't oh you really don't all right well that's been the baddie i oh I think honestly, I think that's one of the worst baddies we've given out. Like the guy that plugged in the, it's it's got the, the smallest equipment to the internet. Well, so here's the thing: it's got know? the smallest scope and it's got the smallest effect, but the amount of stupidity involved, I think, exceeds the, 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 all many of our the, other yes. baddies. I think the word is willful yes. ignorance. Well, he maybe that's a good one. maybe. Willful, yes, yeah, willful ignorance. Yes, yeah. I agree. You mean there's bad people on the internet? <laughs> you don't say. No. Yeah. This is wow, wow! It makes me want to cry. But guys, a bit. it's okay. It's protected by a password. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but guys, and I changed it. It wasn't even the default one. <laughs> it was password one two three four. <laughs> Do we? Okay, so you guys at ATS, y'all have ILO, right? Yeah. Or, or some machines that have ILO. Do you know the max limit on password length and what allowed character set there is? I believe I some don't. of them it's thirty two. Well, isn't in this really? it says that the ILO four servers. Have a twenty-nine character limit. That could, that sounds that right because that's probably a thirty-two character field, and they've stolen some of it for tagging. Yeah, or like control yeah. bytes or some shit. Yeah, no. Yeah. And, and normally, I would say a twenty-nine character password is awesome, depending on the character set allowed and all that. Of course. Right. Right. You should have a good amount of entropy, especially since it's over the fucking win, right? So it's going to take a while to brute force that. But something tells me <laughs> that he did not have a twenty character. Or 29-carat length password on that. Nah. Probably That sounds not. like an 8-carat password to me. That would probably be, you know... My favorite yeah. part is that if mm-hmm. you have IPMI access, no matter whose branded it is, you can compromise the local OS. Conversely, mm-hmm. if you compromise the local OS, you can you compromise, can compromise the, the IPMI. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're So I simultaneously love and hate ITME for that, because you can access ITME and configure ITME from the OS, which is great. It's super handy... For legitimate purposes. For, I have yeah, forgotten for... my IPMI password and I cannot get to it. How do I power? How do I reset the password on this box that I can't power cycle? <laughs> well, you go right. into the host OS and you run IPMI reset pass <laughs> default. Yep. Yeah. Oh, good. Exactly. Yeah. So it's really awesome because you can control like behavior of it and stuff, and you can do that from live systems, which is great, which means no downtime. But, you know, and I think you can do that with DRAC too, right? Yep, yeah. Do either of you know? Yeah. When I'm saying IPMI, yep. I'm using it as a catch-all for all three. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Just ILO, remote management, yeah. remote bear level. and I, DRAC are really just branded, yeah, yeah. marginally I mean, customized versions. 
They are slightly right. different. Like you can't. You, I believe ITME is an open protocol, for instance, and yep. I think Drac makes some changes. With, and you can't use ITME tool, for instance, with Drac, so on and so Correct. forth. But they're close enough, and they're especially like the same in purpose. And same with ILO. You know, they all aim to do the same thing, which is remote bare metal management. Yeah. At the levels we're talking about, they are functionally identical. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Correct. So I do like a lot of them have Drac. The same password. <laughs> yeah, I like Drac, and I like ITME even more because it's open. Because you can, you know, configure management from the live OS. But yeah, that is definitely a downside. Is you know, if your if your OS gets comped, just reinstalling the OS ain't gonna fix it. So nope. Yeah. Whoo, lads, that was that's intense. Yeah. So I think that's about it. This has been System Minus Trivia. I am Brent. I'm Peyton. I'm better Jathan. <laughs> and that was Forge. See you later.